Let's go. Welcome to the Poptimist Podcast, and today we have returning guest, bass player Joe Birmingham. Joe, how are you doing? Doing all right. What have you been up to lately? Man, just a lot of the same old, same old, just gigs and, you know, life. Just, the yeah. Nashville life? Yeah, adulting the best I can. Yeah, <laughs> fake it till you make it, right? Yeah, really. Um, I don't know, there's been, since I've been on the show last, there's been some changes. Um, you know, kind of got let go from certain bands, added on new, d- different gigs, kind of, you know, had some uh, situations come up that really opened my eyes to things that I want to do, both personally and career-wise, that, that were really, uh, you know, just hard at the time, but looking back, really good life lessons, so it's it's been a real interesting, I guess, about a year and a half since the last yeah. time I was on. So. Learning experiences. Yeah. 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 is full of them. Yeah, it's it's definitely a meat grinder. It'll it'll chew up and spit you out. Feast or famine. Yeah, you just gotta keep diving in. Just gotta keep diving in. But yeah, man. So I've just been mostly just doing gigs. Uh, I, I've recently, within the last year, um, started doing more session work because um, I kind of, like I said, I got let go from one of the one of the bands I played in, um, and my schedule went from being super busy to having nothing, and so I had to kind of rebuild that and. I got, you know, more downtown Nashville work at the, at the Honky Tonks and stuff, like, with other bands, and it all worked out, and, you know, I've kept my head well above water, and, but it also kind of changed my schedule up, so it gave me more time to kind of pursue some other things and, and start doing other things that I've really wanted to do, like session work, and um, I got in with these guys, uh, they own a studio over off old... Hickory Boulevard, uh, down by the county line, um, called Dog Fox Studios, and it's, it's a great, great setup, I mean, the guys, they've only been open a year, so they're still building, they're still, you know, but we're, we, we've done a lot of fun projects and have made some really cool records, you know, and it's, it's just been fun, kind of exciting, almost like, you know, kind of feels like, like, out there, it feels like the early days of Motown, in, in that, like, you know, it's a homemade studio, and, and they're, you know, every couple months I'll come back to do a session, and there'll be something new, like, gear-wise, or, like, you know, setup-wise, um, but they're allowing me on a lot of projects to kind of step out and, and be very creative, and it's not always just pop country, it's a lot of varying things, so. So they're letting you kind of be yourself and let you be a musician. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're letting me, you know, um, you know, the, the, they're always, the Keese and, and, and Brandon, they're the two guys who own it and operate it. They're, uh, you know, both stellar, you know, they're both musicians also, you know, they're not just engineers, um, and they ha- also just have great ears, and they'll be like, hey, like, you know, maybe do something like this, or... Sometimes gave me a little bit of a production, you know, producer kind of mentality, but most of the time they're like, all right, here's a song, play what you're thinking, you know, and usually the the notes from them are very, like, more just like, hey, like, 
leading in at the end of that bridge, leading into that big out chorus, could you do a fill that matches the drum fill, you know, kind of, just little stuff like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, they let me be very, very creative and, and um... Mark of a good producer. Yeah, oh yeah, and, and just kind of, okay, I trust you, you do what you do, and, and you know, I'm just going to hit record and <laughs> let you lay down the bass line, and if anything needs to change, we'll talk about it. Yeah. So. Well, from just kind of talking to you and getting to know you, I'm, I'm sure with all the busyness that you've had in the past, you've probably taken gigs where it's been very specific as to play it this way, this is how you have to do it, um, and then you show up and you, you get paid and call it a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's been tons of those, you know, very much like, okay, make it note to note to the record and, you know, it has to be, oh, yeah, very much so. So now it kind of sounds like you're heading more of in a direction that you want to be in. I remember the last time we met, we had talked and you were saying that you wanted to do more session work and that was something that was kind of your desire was to be in the studio playing. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, obviously not doing it full time yet, um, but it, it's with working with those guys, I mean, throughout last year, I probably worked on like five or six big projects and then just a bunch of stuff where they're like, hey, we just got a couple songs here and there, you know, throughout the year that they needed bass on, you know, but I'm usually over there every couple months or a couple weeks I go over just to hang and, you know, catch up with the guys because it's, it, it's very, you know, <clears throat> they're big on, on building relationships and not just it being a business relationship, but also a friendship and, I mean, I, I went over there and had Christmas with them. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it's a really cool vibe, and, and you know, it's it's a great uh, it's a great place to work, and, and I very much enjoy it. And yeah, they're they're giving me every time I do a session, you know, some of the songs. Sometimes, you know, I'll listen to the song, and I'll, I'll know, okay, here's a pop country tune. I know what to do. Yeah. You know? And then, like in in June. We did this one project for this artist. Um, her name's Marielle Markham, if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and we made a, we cut a record for her, and listening to the demos of the songs, I went in and I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to play. Like, I just felt really stumped. And, like, some of the songs, you know, had some more intricate chord changes, and some of the songs had very simple chord changes where it was just two chords the whole song. And I was just like, how am I going to come up with something that's going to be, you know, varying to, to kind of give the song movement and not be... In one place. And, yeah, and, 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 and not be stepping on the vocals, and you know, because it was very singer-songwriter-y mm -hmm. music. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, it, it just, it was one of those, we went to record and I just played... Like, I didn't, it's like I stopped thinking and I just played, and I came up with some, on some of the songs, like, yeah, I kept it real simple, and some of the songs, like, one of the songs, like, kind of has a real, kind of funky, almost New Orleans, kind of, New Orleans R&B kind of vibe, yeah. kind of greasy, you know, so I got to play some real groove in there, and then this one song, you know, we're playing along, I'm like, man, it'd be really cool to play just real melodically, and I started just basically making inversions that weren't there, like just doing walk downs that fit the chord changes, 
that turn them all into inversions. That's cool. Yeah, and it, you know, it fit, you know, and it, it kind of gave the music kind of some flow, because then you hear, it's not necessarily a dissonant note, but it's not the root note, and it's... A little yeah. jazzier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to kind of do that. I actually played upright on a record, which that was exciting and scary. Well, a whole record? No, 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 just one song. On, okay. On her, on her, on that particular album, um, which was... <clears throat> You know, it was a lot of fun. It was tough, though, because um, I'm not a full-time upright player. I'm, I'm still kind of growing into that instrument. And the track was, like, in E-flat, so it's not a fun key. Oh, damn. Not. That's, like, the worst key for a yeah, bass player. Yeah, and I'm just like, like, okay, if this was on electric, I could nail this all day, but I have to do this on upright. And, the, and they wanted me to use my bow on one part. It's double whammy. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't done like serious upright work in a decade, but it turned out really well, and, and it really made the song, you know, kind of different than the rest, and, and gave it the vibe it needed, and you know, worked out really well. So. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said for always serving the song. Oh yeah, and even though you might not be the, or feel that you might not be the best upright player. You might play something in a different way because of that. I, I think that there's something in music that's so beautiful and so unique to it. It's almost like inconsistencies are things that you're not good at. You have to overcompensate for in some other way that helps you develop some other skill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's very, very true. And, you know, and that, that, you know, that song, obviously, it was one of the ones where I had to do, ended up doing like 10 takes. Mostly just because, obviously, because I'm not an upright player, intonation was an issue. But, yeah, in the end, it all, you know, it really worked out for this because the guys at Dog Fox were the ones who recommended, like, you have an upright, right? I'm like, yeah, but it would fit this song so well. It's like, shit. (laughs) 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 All right, you know, and and so I went out to the studio and we just did it. And, you know, kind of no fear, just dive in and get it done. Take a chance. Yeah. Exactly, and, and it worked out. And I was very happy that it worked out, and very proud of it. So, but yeah, that's been kind of one of the big things that kind of happened this year. And I kind of started on with a with a new artist, doing some road work, and, and it's got some promising ventures with that coming up. Very cool. Uh, country artist? Yeah, he's a country artist. Uh, his name is Josh Gallagher. He was uh, he was featured on season eleven of The Voice. Um, made it to the season finale, Final Four, and then got booted from there, um, but did exceptionally well throughout the whole course of the show. Um, you know, so right now he's he's unsigned, but he's got a lot of interested parties. Sure, um, yeah. But, you know, it, a lot of, you know, interested parties, like I said, uh, and he's very driven to, you know, that's the most important where it needs to go. Yeah. important part, someone who's willing to, to work, because I'm sure you can speak to this. How long have you been in town for now? Almost eight years. Eight years. Okay, so I've been here for two and a half, about. So I'm sure you've, you've seen a lot in, in your eight years here, but one thing I've noticed is the amount of people that, that come and go who are willing to talk about doing the work, but few and far between are willing to really grind and put in those championship hours. Oh, yeah. And to me, it seems like you're 
someone who is the mindset of the of the working musician. Like every time we we've talked or just seeing on Facebook when you post stuff, you're always trying to work. Yeah, I mean that's that's what you got to do. You know, it's it's this isn't a nine to five. You know, guaranteed hours a week. Like yeah, I have some set gigs. You know, and then I pick up additional stuff around it. Um, but that could all change tomorrow. And I, I remember last time we talked about this a little bit. It, you know, and, and it tomorrow I could be I have no gigs. You know, um, and so you always have to be mindful of the grind. You always have to be mindful of your finances. You know. Oh yeah. Don't live beyond your means. Don't you know? <clears throat> put away a lot in your savings because. Tax season's a bitch when you're self-employed. Yeah. Um, you know, just, it's just all about being smart, you know, and the people who do last are either they know coming in or they learn real quick. Like, okay, I need to not live this way. You know, you need, you know, a lot of people think, oh, professional musician, drinking all the time. Yeah, and there are a lot of musicians who are that way, you know, that drink heavily, do drugs, whatever. Um, and I'm not obviously judging them for anything, you know. Sure, um, yeah, I know what you mean. But for me, like, in the last year or so, I've pretty much, for the most part, cut out alcohol completely, you know, and and I I just have never really been a drug person. Um, so it's, I'm kind of on this path of yeah. health and wellness, and it's been kind of paralleling my career and helping, you know, it's very much helping, because it's, if I'm staying better in shape, I have more energy to play more gigs, or to, you know, do the gigs, and then come home, and meal prep for the week, or, you know, it's just kind of more than just like, oh, I'm wiped out, I need to, like, just lay down for three days, like, mm-hmm. it's just constant. Because I'm staying in shape, staying, keeping a clean lifestyle, it's keeping me... Treating yourself well. Yeah. Giving you more endurance to do what you actually want to do. Yeah, exactly. And, and able to just push through and, and, you know, yeah, there's times where I'm like, fuck, I'm exhausted. But, you know, I've got a little reserves left. I'm going to push a little bit longer. A little gas in the tank. Yeah. And then once that's on me, I'll go to bed. Yeah. You know? So... <clears throat> That's the big thing, too, is, you know, people think, you know, yeah, I'm going to be a musician, rock star. It's like, no, no, we're not rock stars. We're professional musicians. Yeah. There's a difference. It's it's work just like with anything else. Oh, yeah. And you got to put in your time, you know, you got to put your time in at home with the music just as much as on the gig. Yeah. For sure. Practicing, prepping, getting ready, making sure you're ready for rehearsal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially, well, especially if there is rehearsals. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, you know, obviously with a lot of gigs in downtown Nashville, like, you'll get a last-minute call, and they'll be like, yeah, sure, I'll do it, and you'll show up and be like, all right, well, someone will call a song, oh, I don't know it, okay, that's fine, the guitar player can get you through it, and yeah, you'll have a few spots where you stumble and fall, but, you know, usually in those situations, everyone on stage rallies, gets everyone through the song, and you just get it done. I've heard about um, about Broadway, and the way that people always talk about it is that it's very cutthroat. It's like a very cutthroat environment. People are, are heavily guarded with their gigs, and 
this is the first time that I've heard someone say, or if you don't know know the song necessarily, they're gonna try and get you get well, you through it. I've always heard they'll throw you off stage and fire you right, right there, but no, no, it's it's not that bad. Um, it is cutthroat in that I mean, if you have secured weekly gigs, guaranteed gigs, yeah, you want to hold on to them because you have a schedule, you have some. Rent's due on the first. Yeah, and you have a life then that's more normal and routine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you definitely want to try and hold on to them. Um, but, no, it, I mean, yeah, you'll... I've done gigs in the past, you know, when I was kind of <clears throat> new still and where I didn't know all the material and I got my ass kicked on the gig, you know. But for what I did know, they were they liked what I did, and they yeah. called me back. Because I did the gig with them, got my ass kicked, went home that night, even though I was exhausted. Woodshed. And woodshedded and charted out more songs, and came back the next day, and they didn't call any of the songs that we did the day before. And knew some of what they called, got my ass kicked on a lot. Wrote them down, did the same thing, and they saw that... I was going home at the end of these gigs and trying and still adding more of what they did. And, you know, for a lot of years, these guys have called me to do sub gigs and it's, you know, it's kind of how it is. Like sometimes with Nashville, yeah, you'll do a gig, get your butt kicked and then you got to kind of make that choice. Like, all right, I just got knocked down. Do I get back up or do I just lay here? You know? And, mm -hmm. If you get back up, pick up the pieces and say, "All right, well, I didn't do well on that gig, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna want me to play for them for a long time." Yeah, and that happened. That you know, like that band years ago. Like I said, I did that gig. Three months later, I get a call. Hey, man, do you want to fill in? All right, I'll do it. And then you showed up. And then I showed up, and I knew more than I did the last time. Still got my butt kicked, but a little less. But they saw the they saw the improvement. Yeah. Well, that's what's great. I, I really feel, well, number one, being a bass player always, always helps. Yeah. But number two, there's a lot of older musicians around town who understand that there are younger guys who are trying to learn, who are trying to improve their craft. And it's if they, if they see the effort of you trying, they're going to give you more chances. Oh, yeah, I agree. Because um, they were in our position once, too. They, yeah. they had gigs where they got their ass kicked. And they were like, "Oh shit! I better go home and learn this, so I get it. I can get another call back." Yeah, that is that is definitely that is definitely true. There's there's I mean, there's some older musicians who have the mentality of like, "You should just know this." It's like, "Well, how should I just know this? I don't, you know, I didn't grow up with this style of music in my household. Like, I didn't listen to country music, and you know, um, it, it it's." Then, on the opposite, like we said, there are guys who are, you know, who'll kind of give you the stern talking to, like, almost like the fatherly figure yeah. talking to, like, man, you get your shit together. You need to get this together, like, you know, and they'll be like, look, you did a good, and that, you know, they'll always try and wrap it up, like, you did a good job, you're going to get better, just keep hacking, you know, like, yeah. they'll, they'll oh, yeah. kind of chew you out and then give you the motivational, like, be like, truthful just, with yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I've been blessed that I worked with a lot of 
musicians like that in my early days here. And, you know, they kind of <clears throat> instilled in me this, le the standard level that I have to play at. And of the professional musician yeah. and what it means to be a yeah, professional. Exactly. And and cuz they, you know, a lot of them toured with big artists 20, 30 years ago or even, you know, or still do, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, we're all very much like, okay, do you want to just play these bars for the rest of your life or do you want to be playing Bridgestone, playing Bridgestone, playing the Ryman, playing the Opry, you know, where do you want to be? And you know, like, if you want to just keep playing these bars, then, yeah, like, play the songs kind of half-assed and just get through them. If you want to get there, really learn the music and learn every aspect of it. Know the form perfectly, know, you know. And I'm not saying I'm perfect by any means. That's not what I'm trying to get at, and I still make plenty of mistakes. But you can hang. I mean, I, I feel like I can sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I still get my butt kicked. Sure. You know, but... I think that's just the constant of being a musician, you know. Because yeah. There's always going to be someone who knows a little more. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in this town. Oh yeah. There's gonna there's gonna be there's gonna be someone who you go up and see them play, and you just you can either be it can make you want to quit, or it can make you want to try harder to be like that, or a little bit of both. Yeah, that that is very true. More oftentimes than not, I feel like it's a little bit of both, wanting to be, wanting to just give up, and then being like, no, I can't. I can't fucking do that. I have to just keep plowing through to try and be better than I was before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it gets tough. I mean, because sometimes you do hit some bumps in the road that really discourage you. And I kind of, um, about a year and a half ago, kind of went through something like that where I had, you know, just some personal stuff and just kind of, like I said, hit a really massive bump in the road. And, and I was just like, well... I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I don't know if I want to play music anymore. I don't know if I want to be in Nashville anymore. Damn. Like, I was considering just selling all my gear, packing up my car, and leaving. Yeah. You know, and... I've been there, dude. It can, it can really do that to you. But it's the ability to get up again okay. and keep moving that I... That, if everybody who's here... All the veterans that we respect or that we, we love who's playing is great. They had those moments where they got they were getting their ass kicked, falling down, and were probably they wanted to pack up all their shit and just leave, sell whatever they had and go, figure out a different life. And there have been times where I've I've felt that, but it's always right after that, when you keep pushing through, there's something that happens that makes you hold on for another six months. Yep. I agree. A, a miracle. It feels like a miracle uh, will present itself to you. Uh, I went through something kind of last year where I was grinding a lot, playing out just at, at jams, trying to get my chops up at Blue Jams around town, and um, just feeling really burned out on Nashville and feeling burned out on the business end of things and, and really coming in to understand what Nashville was after experiencing it. And... I was ready to, I had that nagging feeling of just wanting to, wanting to quit. Like, I was not wanting to play out at all, not wanting to go out, not wanting to really do anything. And that, that's when the opportunity to record at Blackbird came up, not long after that. And it made, it made me hold on for another six months. And since that happened, I've just had this fire in me. It was just like, go, 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 go. Everything's going to work out. Yeah. Because it's funny how things end up working out if you just 
keep moving even if you're not believing in it. Um, maybe deep down, I'm, I'm always believing in it, and I'm sure it's the same for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's, it's like, you know, it's kind of a lesson I've been learning, too, through the health and wellness, fitness kind of journey I've been on of, you know, you'll make strides of progress and feel like you don't because you still kind of see, mentally see where you you think you're still where you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not until you, like, look back and kind of analyze everything, and then you're like, wait, yeah, I'm, I am pushing forward, and, and, you know, like, even on, in our dark times where we're, like, thinking about giving up, but we keep that, we're like, no, let's just keep pushing forward, and we just feel like it's not getting better. Uh-huh. It is, and it's not, like I said, until we look back, you know, you see, like, okay, yeah, it was, and it, it was just tiny little bits that were getting better, and it wasn't, like, you know, giant, like, yes, I'm gonna, you know, like, right now, everything fell into place, and, you know, it was like, no, it was, okay. Progress is slow. Yeah, it was like, okay, like, either this in my job got better, or my personal life, and you know, okay, then I had a little setback, but then I kept pushing forward, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's all just, like, tiny little steps that lead to, you know... What kicked off the wellness thing for you and working out and trying to change <clears throat> your lifestyle? Um, well, last year, around this time, I got diagnosed diabetic. Um, and I knew that was a bullet that was just going to catch me eventually because of family history. Um... And, I mean, like, luckily I'm, t I'm type 2, so I can basically reverse it. Mm -hmm. um, just takes a lot of hard work. And so that was an eye-opener of, like, okay, we need to start eating better. We need to start sleeping more. We need to start taking care of ourselves. We need to start stressing less. We need to start, you know, kind of gave me a list of what we really need to do. And, um, you know, and so... That kind of, you know, like I said, kind of launched this whole thing, and I just have been going at it ever since. And within a year, um, I'm point three away from being into the the normal category again, and no longer diabetic. So congratulations! It's, it's, thank you. Yeah, it's it's. You've been hustling, dude. Yeah. I've I've been seeing it from afar. I know. Um, you said before we started, you said you've lost forty five, fifty pounds, something yeah. like that, in the past year. Yeah, something like that. Replace yeah. it all with uh with muscle. Yeah. Sculpted yourself a little more? Doing that, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I wish I had more, but, you know, it's hard to, you know, find the time sometimes with the schedule. And, but I at least try and, you know, do some type of cardio daily. And then, you know, this week I've been kind of taking it easy just because I, I haven't been feeling 100%. And I'm just like, all right, I don't want to get sick, so I'm just going to... Pump the brakes. Yes. Yeah. Relax. Well, overdose on vitamin C. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been going through something similar that I like I was telling you I'm gonna start really taking this more seriously because one thing I noticed that really the past six months is that I have I have two day jobs yeah. and I do the podcast and then I play bass so I I have a lot of things that I'm I'm kind of spinning right now all these plates that I'm spinning and I was burning myself the fuck out and. Yeah. Packing my schedule too tight because I'm sure you can relate to this. I have the tendency whenever someone offers something to me is to say yes. Mm -hmm. I just want to do everything. I want to take every opportunity there is. But what started happening was because of that, I was eating like shit, not taking care of myself, 
working around the clock, not giving myself any breaks, and I kept getting sick over and over and over again. Like I would get sick, I would be fine for two or three days, and I would go back to being sick, be fine for two or three days, and go back to being sick. And it was really this past month since the new year, I was like, this is not a sustainable lifestyle. I can't do this. I can't keep working this hard because I'm spreading myself too thin and nothing is getting the area of focus that it needs. And that's when it was really an eye-opening moment for me because I said said to myself, I want to still be doing this when I'm 60 years old. I want to still be playing music. I want to be doing the podcast. I want to be doing all different kinds of things with music. So in order to do that, I have to start taking care of myself now. Yeah. In order for that to happen. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the, the mentality I had too. Because I mean, for the last about four years, um, like in the busy season, um, I often would average like fifteen to twenty gigs a week, which is about a seventy-hour work week. Shit. And the majority of that would be Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. Where I'd be just going all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, only going home to sleep for a couple hours and eat breakfast. Um, and after doing that for a long time, you know, it took its toll, and both mentally and physically, I hit a point where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Exhaustion. Yeah. Like, mentally, I was just like, I don't, I don't want to, there's more things in life than just playing bass. And I love playing music, I love playing the bass. Um, but the burnout, the yeah, Nashville burnout. Yeah, well, it's not just Nashville. I mean, I, it's it's you know, like I thought about the last you know when I hit this wall, I was like, all right, the last fifteen years of my life have been devoted to nothing but music. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a big chunk of time. And and obviously, I'm not the devotion's still there. I'm still working professionally and I'm working in my private life to improve all my musical skills and learn more music, learn more songs, whatever I gotta do. But I realized, I was like, I need to start having some fun. Because I don't want to be on my deathbed looking back. Like, that's my biggest fear is I don't want to be on my deathbed and look back and be like, yeah, I played a lot of gigs, but what else did I do? You know? Um, Trying to have a life. Yeah. So it's, 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 yeah, I'm trying to have more of a life, and, and it's doesn't always obviously work. There's going to be times where, you know, you're just slam busy. Like, the last few weeks, I've just been slam busy every day, but a lot of it is my own doing, because it was, all right, New Year, you know, end of the year, obviously, because my birthday's in December, Christmas, all that. I was like, all right, time to get back to eating right, working out, you know, doing all this stuff. So my schedule got really hectic between all that stuff, mm-hmm. because it, but it was all self-induced. It wasn't just work, because it would be like, all right, I'm going to do my gig, got my gym bag in the car, I'm going to go straight to the gym, hit the gym, all right, from the gym, I need to hit the, the grocery store, pick up my food for the week, go home, meal prep for the week. Yeah. All right, it's 7 o'clock at night, shower, I got to, you know, do all this other stuff. All right, it's 8 o'clock now time to sit down and work on some tunes, work on some tunes for an hour, okay, you know what, I'm taking a 45 minute break, alright, set an alarm on my phone, 9.45 hits, alright, back to the music, alright, work on that for another 30 minutes, take another break, you know, and, you know, I've gotten back to very much just regimenting my life and and looking at, you know, 
time is time is you know kind of blocks of space. And, yep. And figure out you where sculpt I can, time. Yeah, and where I can fit everything in my life into the day and and the week. Um, you know, um, so it's been busy, but in a very good way because it's like I said, working out again, eating right, cooking food, doing all the things I need to do. So Making sure you you feel good. Yeah. In order to, to maintain well, and exactly. be able to, to know, do what you want to yeah, do. Taking care of number one first because that's what we got to do. Yeah. And then putting everything else, okay, my food's cooked for the week. I just went to the gym. What do I got to do this week? All right, let's get it done. So what do you do for, for meal prep? How, do, how does that work? Do you prep for the entire week? Yeah, I usually um, I'll buy like a bunch of chicken. Like when I go to Kroger, I'll I'll, I'll get um, I buy chicken now from their their butcher counter um, instead of prepackaged stuff because I've noticed I looked at the chicken they sell and then I looked like looked at the chicken up in the pack and the chicken chicken in the pack was significantly larger, like way too big to probably be a chicken. And I was like, that doesn't just look loaded with antibiotics. Yeah, and I'm and like, I don't know what's in that and. I'm gonna buy the chicken from them because it will. It looked like it should be a, how a chicken breast should be. Yeah. So I'll buy you know however many I think I need for the week. Um, you know sometimes I'll pick up because right now I'm on a kind of high protein, high veggie, low carb. It's a pseudo keto pseudo Atkins diet. Um, you know, so sometimes I might pick up some fish, and if I usually whenever I pick up fish, I'm like, all right, that's gonna be dinner tonight because we don't want that to go bad. Yeah, <laughs> and the chicken will last. You know, and I'll go home and um, like lately, what I've been doing a lot is making Greek salads. So just real simple, I just dice up, cube up the chicken, season it to however I like, kind of pan fry it, and then um, you know just have salad mix, and that's quick meal to go. Yeah. You know, and that's what I've been doing a lot lately. And then a couple weeks ago, I was on a big stir-fry kick for like two weeks, just making stir-fry and, you know, just making stuff that I can easily heat up and, you know, that'll, yeah. that'll last throughout the week. But yeah, yeah. that's pretty much all I do. And sometimes, like, um, a lot of times I'll eat, like, eggs for breakfast. So I'll get, like, an 18-pack carton of eggs and mm -hmm. cook them all, like, scramble them all up. <laughs> And just throw them in Tupperware and scoop out some every morning and heat them up. That's smart. Yeah. yeah. You're efficient as shit. I'm trying to be. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah, not, that's... I'm, I'm not where I want to be in that aspect, but I'm getting there. Yeah. But are we ever really going to be? I think... That, that's true. I think we have the tendency, especially as musicians and people as hired guns, is that um, to really try and think out as much as we can because we're, we're our own business. Oh, yeah. We're president of of what we're doing. We're the CEO of our company. Exactly. And it's like when someone hires you, then they're your client and you have to maintain that relationship with. And if you didn't get any sleep the night before and you're eating like shit and you're not feeling very well, you you might be more likely to, to accidentally snap off at them just being human. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely definitely happens and you know, and, and well, that, that's kind of the thing, too, is because I've kind of cut down my gig schedule a little bit. I mean, I still stay pretty, I still stay busy, and but I 
kind of set to myself, I was like, okay, this is the maximum number of gigs I will allow myself to do a week. Very smart. You know, where in the past I was like, let's see how many I can cram into a week, you know. Acknowledging limitations. Yeah, and, you know, when I was 23, 24, okay, fine, I could do that. Mm -hmm. I'm 31 now, and I know that's not old, but... This, There's a difference. Yeah, there there is a difference, and, and just also, like I said before, it came down to I wasn't enjoying life, and I wanted to do more with my life. I wanted to have hobbies, and I wanted to, you know, have better relationships, better friendships, better relations with the people in my life, mm -hmm. you know, and I was just working all the time and couldn't, like, there was a time, you know, a couple years ago, like, this summer, we, we did the first podcast um, together, I was working so, so much, like, I had a day off, and, like, I called a buddy of mine, I'm like, man, I haven't heard you from, from you in forever, like, you know, like, because he would, you know, text me every now and again, like, hey, man, let's hang out on this, I'm like, oh, I can't, I got gigs, mm -hmm. you know, and he's a musician, too, so he understands, he's like, dude, he's like, I just stopped calling because you were so busy, he's like, I just figured you, you know, when you had time, could call me, it's like, man, I understand, I'm sorry, you know, and we're, you know, obviously still cool, because he gets it, it's, you know, feast or famine. Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of that in my life, too, I just get so busy to where... I block everything out except for uh, except for my goals, and really getting kind of sick and, and staying sick was a big wake up call for me because yeah. it made me see a I have limitations. I can't just take everything that's given to me or offered to me. I have to say no because if if I say yes to something, I might falter and then give myself a bad reputation as yeah. as a result. Exactly. You wanna you wanna take things that will. I mean, I've been, <coughs> I've been guilty for as long as I've played music, and I remember, like, our friend Marcel <coughs> said this to me once, he said that he, he was, in college, he used to be, um, what did he say, I, I, gotta, I gotta remember this, because it, it was a good quote, he said, he's like, I was jealous of you sometimes, I said, why, because I've always respected Marcel as a bass player, and mm -hmm. always looked up to him, um, just because I felt like his playing just could trump mine any day. And he said that he was jealous of the fact that, you know, he's like, I always saw you doing things, you know, and in situations, even in a situation where you didn't know what you were doing, you would dive in and figure it out, and you, and you went at it fearlessly. And I was like, well, I appreciate that. I, <laughs> I was sweating bullets and, you know like, pissing my pants at the time, yeah. like, you know, but, and, that, and that's how, fight or flight, well, yeah, and that's how I've always kind of lived with a lot of things, was just, you know, all right, well, I'm not going to know if I can do this till I try to do it, and sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't, and sometimes mm -hmm. it's backfired, and I've rallied, and came back, and, you know. Nothing, uh, nothing beats a, beats a, a fail, but a try. Yeah, exactly, you know, and so it's, it's all, that's, that's the biggest thing with this industry is, you know, like, there's so many people who want to do music, who want to, you know, and, and it's hard, it is hard to do it full time, because there are no guarantees, there's no health insurance provided, there's nothing provided, it's all on you, and it's, 
Um, Figure it out. You're empty-handed. Yeah, and it's, for some people, the idea of not always having that kind of guarantee, like, I'm going to have a job, is scary, but at the same time, I feel like this is a very exciting time, because the way the world is right now, like, <clears throat> I have friends who have, quote-unquote, normal jobs. Oh, yeah. And... Normal, li normal lives. Yeah, yeah, and they're, you know, like, yeah, they might be an accountant, and then on weekends, like, on Friday nights, sometimes maybe Saturday nights, they'll drive for Uber or Lyft, you know, just to make a little extra, or, you know, they're teachers, and then... You know, which is sad. It is sad that, you know, we're kind of in this place in the world where it's, you know, even if you have a full-time job, it's almost like going gig to gig like musicians are. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people, I think, are kind of having to revamp their idea on what the work week is, you know, um, because... You know, sometimes it's, okay, I'm working part-time for a tech company because there's no full-time positions available, so Monday through Thursday I work for them, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday I bartend, or, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of, you know, getting to that point where I feel like there's, there's no guarantees anymore, whether you're... No matter what you do. Yeah, no matter what you do for a living, and, you know, I hope it changes, and I hope we we kind of climb out of this and, and not to get... I'm not trying to get political or anything. That's my last intention. Um, but it's more just an observation, I guess. Sure. Um, you know, because it's just a... You know, I just hope that we as a society, you know, get back to... I, th I think it's going to happen. I really think that people... Every, the one thing I, do, I don't really like that's going on right now is everybody seems so against each other. Yeah. And it just gives me a, a horrible, sad feeling. A sad feeling. Oh, no, I agree. And I think now people are starting to... We're, we're swinging. The pendulum is starting to swing back the other way. I think we're going to be at this extreme that we're in right now where everybody's really divided. But I think slowly it's going back to more of a normal balance. Yeah, um, I, I agree. And I've, I definitely have felt that and seen that. And you see it all over social media and... You know, it, it's really sad, you know, because there, there's certain things, like, like I remember when Facebook first was a thing, because yeah. it came out when I was in college. And yeah, it came out when I was in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it initially started for, it was for college kids originally, like, you had to be attending a, a university or college to be on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a networking thing to get into contact with old friends or whatever. It was more like LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously it's changed with the times because, like anything, it's grown. It has to. Now anyone can go on Facebook. Cool, fine, whatever. Now it's a, now it's a, a pseudo-government agency. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but also it's become, you know, a soapbox for everybody to either voice their opinions or complaints or whatever. And that's fine, you know? Like, that is your freedom and your right. You can, yes. you know? Um... But then you also see just so much anger and hatred on there, too, you know, and like you said, I think it just comes from the division in people now, like, because you have, I feel like ever like, because I'm, I'm not a very political person, I don't follow politics, I don't really 
it's not me. Um, I just want to play music and yeah. live my life yeah. and be left alone. But I feel like people on the far right or on the right are now far right and people on the left are far left. Yeah. And they're at their extremes. Agreed. And it's like, guys, we need to come back to the middle. We all need to love each other. Talk. Yeah. yeah. Like, if we stop talking, we're going to have a problem. Yeah, we all bleed the same blood. I, I, we're all human beings. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you know. we've lost touch with our humanity. I think because of technology. I think this is a phase of us learning how to deal with this kind of technology and just constantly have something thrown at us because it's nonstop. Because yeah. really, our generation is the first generation to deal with that. There's been no other generation that's yeah. like we we are the guinea pigs for this. Oh yeah. Well, and you got to figure too. There's you know because right now. There are people who are, you know, 21, 22, 23, you know, if you were born in 1995, you're now 22 years old, you know, and 22 going on 23, um, and it's, you were, they were born, you know, in a time where everybody had a computer in their house. Yeah. You know, where you and my, like, I didn't, my family, we didn't get our first computer until I was, like, six, somewhere between six and eight. Yeah. Like, it, you know, and so there... It was a big deal. Well, yeah. And it, yeah, it was a big deal. And now there's a group of people, you know, there, there's these people that are in their early 20s, you know, early adulthood who've grown up with technology and to them it's perfectly fine perfectly normal where to and yeah it's been integrated to older generations and we've learned how to use it and accustomed to it and but we still remember a time you know before before and and you know i remember a time where yeah there's a bi before internet yeah there was a you know i remember there was a time where if i was on the computer doing something and a thunderstorm rolled in. I had to stop, stop, save what I was doing, shut down the computer, and unplug the internet. Because you don't want was, that shit to get fried. Yeah, because it was dial-up internet. Yeah, you know. Um, so it's 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 a weird, you know. It's a like we said before. It's kind of like a transition time because we've got. You know, people like me who are in their early 30s who did grow up with some technologies. And, yeah, I grew up with computers in my mm -hmm. life and, you know, knew how to use them and learned how to use them. But then, like, other things started getting integrated very fast, you know? Like, first it was like, okay, cool, like, we got MP3 players and iPods. Like, that's awesome. I can take my entire music library with me anywhere I go. Yeah. And then Apple and all the only others, the BlackBerry, and then... The iPhone. There was a five-year span where it was... It was just bang, game bang, on. bang, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's and, still like that. Oh, but. yeah, and in some ways, I mean, you know, I think that's really cool because I do, you know, technology can be really helpful, mm -hmm. you know, and it can be a hindrance. I'm not one of those people who kind of has the, the technology's evil, you know, but I do feel we need to limit ourselves. Yeah. And that's something I've done in the last few months myself, too, is try to limit my time on my phone or on my computer, watching TV. You know, I, I, I was talking to a buddy of mine who, his house is very, everything's very organized. And 
I noticed, like, he's very good at being productive. And that's kind of where I got the ideas for what I need to do from. And I talked to him, and I was like, man, what, what's your daily routine like? I was like, because everything in your house is very neat, very organized. You have a lot going on, but you always seem to have time. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, the key that I learned is, he's like, I get up every morning, even if I've, you know, if I have a morning gig, because he's, he's a drummer and, a, and an audio engineer, and he's like, if I have a gig in the morning, or if I have to go down to the venue I work at and repair stuff, he's like, I always wake up early enough that I have a spare 30 minutes in the morning, and, you know, he's like, I get up, I turn the alarm off on my phone, I turn on my light, and he's like, and I've got a book on my bedstand. And I just pick up a book, and I read for 30 minutes. Hmm, interesting. You know, I'll read for the 30 minutes, put the book down, get ready for my day. And he's, like, doing, he's, like, one little task like that. And he's, like, you know, usually after I get up after reading, I make my bed. Oh, yeah, bed making is a discipline. Oh, yeah, and it's, yeah, and just integrating these little disciplines, you know, kind of, make him more productive and I started integrating some of that and I'm working on improving it and Mm -hmm. it's really helped my life and and I've made it a point now especially with you know being a musician yeah I don't do I don't do a ton of late shifts anymore so I'm not getting home at 3 a.m. which I good for you yeah Yeah. but you know I do you know I do a lot of six tens and I, I live down in Murfreesboro now so when I get home you know, from a 6 to 10, it's usually after waiting to get paid, getting paid, going back to the garage, driving home, it's usually 11.30-ish, 11.30 to midnight. So when I get home, I've made it a point where even, or if I'm just at home, after 10 o'clock, I turn my TV off. I don't watch TV. Um, and instead, like, if I'm not ready to go to sleep, I'll read. Mm-hmm. And then usually... Reading helps you get sleepy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, it could be, you know, I'll I'll still work on music. Like, there's times, you know, where you're like, yeah, okay, it's 10 o'clock, and I still got some songs to shit. So I'm still getting a little bit of blue light, obviously, from my phone. But mostly, I'm not looking at the phone. I'm, you know, playing the song. Working, yeah. It's just playing from the phone. And then I'll do that, and I'll be like, all right, let's read and go to bed. Mm -hmm. And I'll read for 30 minutes before I go to bed. And then I've been sleeping a whole lot better because of it. You know, just kind of changing up little things and cutting out some of the technology from my life is definitely, you know, I still use all the technology, but limiting myself, you know, not allowing myself to be on it too much. Yeah. What are your your practice routines looking like? Oh, man. (laughs) Because we were chatting a little bit about that. You were saying you wanted to get kind of back to the small ball, back to the basics, book learning. Yeah, it's been it's been not the best the last year or so or more actually. Um, you know, the schedule gets busy, so my woodshedding time has kind of shrunk a little bit. Um phases and cycles. Yeah, yeah. And there's times where I'm like, Alright, I got all this time, I'm gonna like do all this practicing. But I'm also kind of coming off of a major burnout. Um, from music, and last year, I mean, I would practice what I needed to know, 
for the gigs, mm-hmm. and that's as far as I would go. And this year, I'm kind of, uh, I've got a little more gasoline thrown on the fire, and I'm like, going to muscle it out a little more. Let's take that a step further, you know, and let's see what it, let's get into this. Um, so, the big thing, which this kind of comes from the, the Effortless, Effortless Mastery book. Fantastic book. Yeah, and the big thing I remember him talking about was this piano player at this, like, artist commune in, I think, like, Brazil or something, mm-hmm. who was, like, a classical piano player and, like, majorly burnt out. And he would go up to the piano and just play a C, play middle C for 15 minutes a day straight. And he asked him once, why are you doing that? And he said, because I have to fall in love with this note, this one note, before I can fall in love with all the other notes. And he eventually, if I remember in the book, I think this piano player rehabilitated himself and went on to fall in love with music again and play full That's time. a perfect way to say it, is rehabilitate. Yeah. Because you have to get back to where you were. Well, exactly. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um reigniting the passion. I'm, I'm Trying like, to fall in love again. Yeah. You create love. Yeah. And and now it's okay. Yeah, this relationship with music, it took a major dip. And I can either give up on it or I can push it further. Bring the romance back. <laughs> yeah. So, like, a lot of what I practice now, mostly, obviously, it's a lot of stuff I need to know for gigs. Like, that, because that just will consume a lot of your time. When, mm-hmm. You know, especially if you're playing for several bands. You're like, okay, I need to learn these ten songs for so-and-so, these three songs for so-and-so, those two songs for so-and-so. I gotta learn the originals from so-and-so for that showcase we have coming up. You know, so that will eat up a lot of your time. Um, you know, especially if you really want to know the songs, really want to know them right, and, and all that. So a lot of my practicing now is just getting back to fundamentals. Um, I have been, you know, like when I do my morning routine, I'll usually read, get up, eat some breakfast, and then I'll pick up my bass, and I'll do 20, 30 minutes of just scales. Play major, minor scales, maybe some of the modes. Um, you know, doing, just run the scales up and down the neck. Feeling it. Yeah, doing arpeggios, doing scales in thirds, scales in fourths, scales in fifths, you know, just kind of kind of gets the blood in my hands moving because I know, okay, I'm gonna, I've got a morning gig today so i got to play at 11 a.m. so it just kind of kind of gets me ready to play music. The warm-up before the yeah. before the workout. Yeah, and then, you know, I'll do my gigs and then a lot of it, a lot of times we're like, alright, i got to come home and go to the gym and do other things and then, alright, it's time to sit down and woodshed alright, I've got my list of songs I need to learn and I'll just start hammering it out you know, and that's kind of the big thing I'm, I'm woodshedding now. Like, I want to do more, but it's more like a, I don't want to, I don't want to spend too much time with the instrument in my hand. Um, because I don't want to, I don't want to fall back, you know, in how I was feeling. I want to keep moving forward. And I know it'll, it'll all happen and it'll all, Five percent at a time. Yeah, that's how product productivity happens. Is five percent at a time. It'll all work out, and it'll all get better and improve, and and so you know that's kind of just what I'm doing now. Just taking it little steps, like we said before, just just little steps of improvement. You know, so. Are you gonna start taking lessons again? I hope to. I mean, I did some 
this past year with uh, Roy Vald over at Belmont. And, um, Shout out to Roy, also my bass teacher. Yeah, he, he gave me a lot of material. Dude, he's a genius, um, man. Oh, I know. but he, he He's like Yoda. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But he threw a lot of material at me like, just within the first lesson. And, like, looking at it, I was like... Like, so I'll see you next week. I was like, I can't get all this down in a week. One, because my schedule will not allow it. And two, because this is a lot of stuff. Um, so I haven't, I haven't had a lesson with him since, I think, the middle of the summer, unfortunately. Because um, then September hit. I was, had, I was out of town a bunch with weddings and stuff. And, you know, his schedule's getting crazy with the, the start of the school yep, year. Yeah, Um... So it kind of fell by the wayside, but I have been, like, in my back-to-fundamentals, kind of pulling out the stuff he gave me, and, yeah. and I'm going, that's kind of part of the, the stuff I'm doing, just, you know, um, so hopefully, hopefully soon I'll get back to it, um, you know, but right now I'm just kind of like, alright, I've got the information from him, I need to digest it before I can go back to another lesson. Yeah, you know, that's cause smart. Because otherwise it would be a waste of his time, waste yeah. of my time yeah. and my money, you know. Yep. So I got to just do that first and, and get that all together. And, but yeah, hopefully soon I'll be doing lessons again. And <coughs> I wouldn't mind um, doing lessons with him just for upright, um, you know, and, and being like, hey, like, you gave me all that stuff for electric bass, like, let's put that aside, let's... Help me actually become an upright player, <laughs> you know. And he gave me a list of books to get for upright that'll really. He said they'll, you know, they're better than the Samandel book, and they'll really open you up on the bass and make it a lot more comfortable. And so like, all right, so I, I need to get them still. But. I really want to learn how to play upright, but it's really going to be a four thousand dollar investment for me because it's going to be two thousand dollars for a new a new car. I'm gonna because I'm not going to be able to fit yeah. fit uh. <laughs> Uh, uh, an upright bass in, in my 1988 Toyota Camry. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they'll take up some space, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So where can uh, where can people find you at? Uh, on social media yeah. and hear your playing? Yeah, um, well, hearing my playing, there, I mean, there's not a whole lot left. Uh, I need to up my social media game, I guess, but I just have been so busy working that I just... Yeah. Don't have time. So like you were saying, it's all cyclical. Yeah. Um, you know, and also, I mean, I'm not, I'm not an educator and I'm not, a, I mean, I do teach lessons, um, but I'm not a clinician, so I'm not posting videos a lot of my playing, mm -hmm. you know, um, but I am on Facebook. If you just, you know, search my name on Facebook, you most likely will find me. Um, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram handle is at bra, B-R-A-A. B R A H Bromingham B R A H M I N G H A M. You had you had to figure out how to take something and still have your name. Yeah, well, it's a running joke uh, with with the artist I play with. He just kind of started calling me it, and then our band leader, who's the the drummer, was like, "What?" He's like, "Man, I'm really disappointed." I'm like, "What's that?" Because I I just got on Instagram like back in December. Like, I just finally bit the bullet because all my friends like, you should be on Instagram. Like, yeah. Why? That's where it's at even more than Facebook, right? Well, now. yeah, and then I got on Instagram and I was like, this is way more fun because it's just people posting pictures. Yeah, it, there's, there's no baggage. Yeah, and 
also, it's a good way to, to network with the companies whose gear I like to use, you know? Yeah. Because I can tag them in post, they'll respond, you know? Oh, yeah. And so it's, you know, a good way to build relationships. And, um, but the running joke with the Bra Bromingham thing is the, yeah, the artist I play for started calling me Bra Bromingham just randomly. Mm -hmm. cause our, it's just an inside joke and, um... So the drummer was like, man, I'm really disappointed that you haven't changed your Instagram handle. Because my Instagram handle was like, you know, like Joe Birmingham music, like just typical. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I search every morning to make sure there's no other Bra Brominghams. He's like, there isn't. So you will be the only Bra Bromingham, And everyone who comes after you who's a Bra Bromingham will be Bra Bromingham 1 or 2 or 3. Yeah. So I was like, all right, like, he made me, like, we were sitting there at lunch, and he made me change it right there on the fly, so I was just, you know. But if you just, suit, you know, search my name, I'm sure it'll pop up. Just search Joe Birmingham on Instagram and look for Bra Birmingham. You know, it's pretty easy to find me because it's a bald, bearded bass player. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, that's pretty much, I'm not on Twitter, I don't tweet, um... I'm considering it, but you know, it's another platform to ha to have to learn because it's it's used for something different, just like Facebook, just like Instagram. Well, yeah, and and from my understanding, Twitter's kind of apparently on the way out. Really? Like hmm. from what I heard, is like their company's kind of dipping, dipping. So I'm like, all right, and I don't really need Twitter. I've got Facebook. I've got Instagram. You know, I can tag the companies, like I said, the companies that I like. In Instagram posts, you know, and mm -hmm. it's pictures of me using their gear, not just, like, talking about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, um, just Google search, or search me on, on those two platforms and look for the bald, bearded bass player, because all my profile pictures have me playing bass. Yeah. And usually shaved head and beard. Um, and if you want to get into contact with me about lessons, whatever, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, con congratulations on continuing this and not calling it quits and evolving, realizing limitations um, and falling on your ass a couple of times. It sounds like you've really grown a lot. Uh, you seem a lot more centered than the last time I saw you and it seems like you're really feeling good. I'm, I'm happy for you and uh, as a fellow bass player, I'm proud of you. So uh, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me.